Okay, pasa, move, fasa. This is Mycopreneur, a podcast about people solving problems with mushrooms. I'm Dennis Walker. We're going to get deep on the program today. We've got one of the most impactful testimonials imaginable in store for you. The testimony of an American combat veteran who has taken control of his own healing journey and restored himself to vitality and wholeness after a particularly violent experience in Afghanistan. How did he do it? He didn't do it with the pharmaceuticals and the lip service provided to him by the VA, the Department of Veterans Affairs in the United States. He didn't do it with the aid of the US government, who is still actively criminalizing safe and effective plant therapies with thousands of years of proven safe historical use. He didn't even heal himself with a cripplingly expensive and invasive outpatient surgery. He healed himself with psilocybin, cannabis, exercise, and community. Today, it's our pleasure to welcome mycopreneur Colin Wells on the pod. Colin's the founder and director of Veterans Walk and Talk, which is a private therapy group that welcomes all veterans to heal in community using integrated and highly effective plant medicine protocols that are completely free of charge. The disastrous mental health toll that our government's infinite warmongering has exacted on our military population is irrefutable. There have actually been more American soldiers who have taken their own lives after returning home from the theaters in which they were deployed than there have been American soldiers killed in combat since the initiation of force in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. As Colin astutely observes in our interview, our wars have been going on for so long that nobody even talks about them anymore. This podcast is dedicated to platforming and promoting heroes like Colin Wells, who's actually doing something about the PTSD, addiction, and mental health crisis that is actively killing our veterans. And for that matter, people from all walks of life who are being failed at an institutional level by our profit-oriented, cumbersome excuse for an equitable and accessible healthcare system, especially where our combat veterans are concerned. The cat's out of the bag. Top mental health professionals, research universities, entrepreneurs, everyone else in the world are unabashedly extolling the virtues of conscientious psilocybin consumption. And yet while the legal framework around it is being rewritten in favor of psilocybin at the glacial pace of politics and big business, this safe and effective plant medicine therapy remains illicit unendorsed by the powers that be, while thousands of combat veterans continue to commit suicide as the VA and their corporate interest protocols continue to fail the people who put their lives on the line to uphold the values of the United States. Our veterans deserve better. This is the Mycopreneur Podcast. Let's hear what Colin Wells of Veterans Walk and Talk has to say about it all. Colin Wells, it's a pleasure to have you on the Mycopreneur Podcast. Let's get the ball rolling. What is Veterans Walk and Talk all about, and what's your origin story? Oh, man. Um, Veterans Walk and Talk was founded in December of 2016 when I was on the upswing of my own personal mental health and physical health recovery journey. Um, I had uh, bounced around after leaving the military. I was an infantryman in Afghanistan and had a particularly violent time over there in the uh, fought in Battle of Marja and, um, you know, spent a, a year, a better, a whole year, uh, you know, immersed in the violence that is that, that unfortunate conflict over there. And uh, when I got back, I didn't find much respite in the sense of community or 
Um, even what I was been, being given pharmaceutically, I found it to be very detrimental um, to trying to heal. So I bounced around from VA clinics, uh, home, got homeless at one point, was doing heroin, fentanyl patches. I got really low with my PTSD and trauma. And in 2016, in about the summertime, I got a job at REI. Finally, after I'd done some work on myself and found cannabis to be a very, very big help in my healing process. And so through that, I um, started hiking more and started finding the use of cannabis and the outdoors to be very beneficial. So I started putting out feelers on Instagram, like if you're a veteran and you smoke cannabis, would you like to come hike with me? And veterans started showing up. And then from there, I got sponsors from Beard Bros and Candescent at the time and um, several other amazing uh, sponsors that would provide me with cannabis medicine to give out for free to the people who would come hike with me. And then I continued doing that and doing that. And then about the end of 2017, 2018 is when um, we started growing to a point where we we're having 25 to 35 people coming into every hike and people started taking hallucinate or psychedelics, excuse me, on the, um, on the hikes. And so I was like, well, you know, people were kind of hiding it because they didn't really know if it was okay and shit like that. And I was like, well, I'd rather just be transparent about it. What's, what's going on with this? So I started asking, you know, tell me if you're going to do this, tell me and we'll facilitate and we'll make it a safe place for you and make sure that you're accepted and taken care of and maybe even set off time to uh, to experience these things. So I started holding multi-day retreats uh, in Lucerne Valley and Hemet at various campgrounds and um, old dump sites that we would remediate and clean up and then be allowed to stay there and have psychedelic experiences for two to three days at a time. And um they were profoundly impactful and healing in every way. And uh, so I did three of those and then kind of was going to do more. But then 2019 to 2020, the virus came and everything and that all shut down. But uh, and that uh, we continue to hold hikes. And now I have since started to grow mushrooms in the last year. I have become a provider just like I was for cannabis in the early days of this of microdose capsules for my members. So every veteran who comes to our hikes gets a 10 day supply of microdose capsules all grown and made by veterans. And that's where we're at today. You started off Veterans Walk and Talk as this one man army, excuse the trite metaphor. And now as the psychedelic medicine movement in the United States and globally has been gaining extraordinary momentum the need for access and connection to communities that are working with plant medicine protocols in an integrated, safe setting is booming. So on the Veterans Walk and Talk website, which is of course www.veteranswalkandtalk.com, you state that our mission is to empower veterans to take control of their healing journey. Our methods are exercise, cannabis, psychedelics, and community. And I think this methodology that you describe is actually highly effective for treating and healing all different demographics of society, especially combat veterans. On the website, you also state that Veterans Walk and Talk does what the VA, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, cannot, has not, and will not. And I just want you to know that statement makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. One more bit from your website that really resonates with me 
is this idea that the modern standardized approach to healthcare in America is take this pill for your depression and this pill for the kidney pain that it causes. So many people are turning to the power of psychedelic medicines to fulfill the vacuum of spirit. It's completely absent from our modern medical system. Our medical system disavows spiritual healing because it defies current scientific analysis and understanding. But the direct lived experience of so many people who've been healed by plant medicines and who've overcome debilitating illnesses and health conditions with the aid of psychedelic medicines, in spite of these substances' outsider standing and the current establishment, it works. They work. Psilocybin and plant medicine protocols absolutely work. So, Colin, what was your first exposure to psilocybin and psychedelic medicines? My first exposure to mushrooms, I grew up in the Los Angeles area. My mom has deep roots in the entertainment industry. So I was no, everything like that was always around growing up with the theater people I grew up with and everything. And uh, there was no bad stigma behind it, really. It was always presented as something that was fun and beautiful and lovely and creative. So my first experience with psychedelic mushrooms was when I was 18 years old at Disneyland. I ate uh, like four grams of mushrooms and went to Disneyland and I was watching the Matterhorn just swaying in the wind and talking to the white rabbit statue. And, you know, at 18 years old, when Disneyland was a far different place, what is it, eight, 20 years? That's 20 years ago now, oh my God. That was 20 years ago. And, you know, you could smoke cigarettes in the park and people would kind of leave you alone. So it was a lot easier to get away with that kind of shit. But yeah, that was my first experience was mushrooms at Disneyland. And it was, it was, I mean, I still look back and I'm like, that was so much fun. It was incredible. Not so much for healing, definitely a recreational journey, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And I think a lot of people, myself included, have a similar origin story as far as their first experience with psychedelics where we recognize that something incredible is happening, but don't necessarily have a handle on the full extent of what psychedelics can offer us and can offer the world. Psilocybin in particular made an immediate impact on me, but I didn't fully understand the breadth and the depth of what I was experiencing and how it could be applied to help heal the world. When did you first realize the enormous healing potential that psychedelics can offer? above and beyond their ability to make Disneyland trippier than it already is. I definitely didn't realize the healing potential of psychedelics until uh, recently, the last two years, three years, uh, since running Veterans Walk and Talk and seeing, um, you know, like, like most veterans, you know, I, I had three friends die in Afghanistan to KIAs, and that was, of course, horrible and traumatic and terrible, but I've since had seven uh, take their own lives since coming back. So those are seven uh, brothers of mine that fought in Afghanistan and gave their, you know, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a fan of the war in Afghanistan, but we did survive it. And they came back and the, the living in America was more dangerous than the combat we'd just gone through for us, for my group. And that really, you know, sparked something in me that these things can really, really help. And so that that's really the first time I, I saw them as a healing tool and not even just psilocybin but lion's mane and cordyceps in particular i've seen to do wonders for veterans in in the in the healing space i'm a big fan of uh nootropics so i i like ceremonial grade matcha um i like kava i like cacao 
uh, dihydroxyflavone, um, lion's mane coupled with niacin. I find cordyceps to be extremely beneficial to veterans, especially the male veterans. Well, actually, I've been having a lot more feedback from the female veterans in our group saying the cordyceps is really helping them. Um, but I'm a big fan of the combination rather than just the kind of dosing with, uh, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a guy who healed himself without doctors. So take that to the bank. But um, that's, cordy I find cordyceps, lion's mane and psilocybin and niacin. If, if, if I could just give medicine out, if I had only those, that would be okay. Um, the, you know, the connections to their families, the connections to, a lot of times, like I get the most rigid, hard-headed Marine vets or, or infantry vets come to the hikes and their, their intention behind psychedelics is to connect and connect with their family. And they love their families and their good fathers and their good husbands and their good wives and good mothers. And, but they're not exactly loving because that was kind of stripped away. And it's like, it's hard for them to get it back. And these things kind of connect them to their families in, in very powerful ways. Um, not to mention the neuroprotectant, uh, you know, aspect of, you know, lion's mane and niacin that Paul Stamets has been a, a profound uh, a champion for. I find that to be very helpful. Um, I have nerve damage and traumatic brain injuries myself. And I find I do have my, my bad days and it isn't always easy for me to, to just live and exist. But these things do really help um, better than you know, there, it's more of like a, it's like an actual cure. It's an actual way of healing these things rather than just putting band-aids on it with, um, flexorol and, you know, uh, well, butrin and, 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 and oxycotton and things like that, which don't heal anything. They just mask it. So that's, I'm a big proponent of, uh, a synergistic blend of, of superfoods and nootropics with psilocybin. I find it to be very powerful. Absolutely. And so many anecdotal stories have been emerging from people who use lion's mane. Of course, there are double-blind studies being run to rationalize and substantiate the power of lion's mane mushrooms in boosting cognitive function and treating conditions like Alzheimer's. But above and beyond those scientific investigations, there are so many people who are sharing their stories of enhanced brain power and cognitive function and treating family members with Alzheimer's by taking lion's mane supplements. One story I recently heard from Eric Mueller, who of course is a friend of Veterans Walk and Talk and also of the Mycopreneur podcast here, is that, okay, so Eric's a cultivator and purveyor of exotic specialty mushrooms for those who are unfamiliar. He also produces lion's mane tinctures. And one of his clients bought his lion mane tincture for her mom, who has Alzheimer's. Within three weeks of a daily regimen of lion's mane, she started to show signs of progress and mental acuity that were non-existent before. And there are stories like that coming out of the woodwork about the power and efficacy of these natural medicines. These are really the types of stories that have inspired me to build this platform here with this podcast, to share more inspiring stories about how mushrooms can heal individuals, families, and the world at large. As far as psilocybin goes, what do you consider a microdose? I prefer, well, I, I, I am very fortunate to work with some amazing donors and I've created a mushroom compassion network of mycologists, not just myself, people who grow mushrooms, but people who are literally just donating for the intention of me giving out for free. And much like cannabis was intended to be for a very long time. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have quality, amazing psilocybin mushrooms coming through my, my, my doors to, to provide. 
the mushrooms I grow are getting to a point where, where they are at that level with the help of all these amazing people. But again, like, so when you're measuring the fruit body of a, of a mushroom, you can say 200 milligrams of fruit body. That doesn't necessarily mean 200 milligrams of psilocybin, right? We know that because there's no, unless I have a mass spectrometer, which shout out to Oakland Haife, he's starting the, the trend of, of, um, uh, of testing actual mushrooms, cat versus stem and everything, which is very fascinating. But so I'm able to get amazing mushrooms that are very potent, um, extremely potent. In, in many cases, the albino penis envies from, from my friend, Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez, the triple, triple amputee marine veteran. Um, his Instagram is Roll With Guru. He's a surfer. He's um, the most, one of the most amazing men I've ever met. And he grows some of the strongest and best albino penis envy mushrooms I've ever seen in my life. I can, I take a gram of these things and it's like four grams of golden teachers. So in that vein, I'm able to um, keep the milligrams of fruit body mushrooms in my microdose capsules relatively low, which I find very beneficial because it adds me, it gives me more room within the actual capsule itself to add the other synergistic ingredients rather than having to have a veteran take a psilocybin pill and a nootropic pill. It's all combined in one. So I'm a big fan of 100 to 200 milligrams of fruiting body mushrooms as a microdose. That's that's kind of the vein I stay in. Um, and then the, the good thing about that is, is that, you know, if the veteran or the person I'm trying to help is not seeing all the benefits from that, they can take two, it's no problem. And then it's, you know, more of like a 300 milligram, which I see a lot of people consider that to be a microdose. But again, it all depends on the person. Um, I would love to get to a point where I'm tailoring the capsules needs to the actual individual veteran and the, the, the things that they're going through and their tolerance levels and things like that. That's the way I see this like going in the future. But for me, myself, I prefer about 150 milligrams of psilocybin a day, two days on, one day off. That's my protocol. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I think that so many people underestimate the power and the legitimacy of a low dose of psilocybin. They get caught up in this sexy macrodose ethos of more is better. And macrodoses can be profound and transformative too, no doubt. But it's taken me years to figure out that sometimes the most impactful and meaningful experiences can be contained in considerably smaller doses than one would expect, even at the half gram to the one gram level or below. So I wanna draw attention to a very interesting, relevant, and somewhat terrifying situation that's unfolding right now, whereby the US military has invested over $27 million into developing a quote, super drug that is essentially an engineered form of psilocybin, which seeks to distill the sensory enhancements of a psilocybin experience out of the quote, somewhat disorienting and uncomfortable psychedelic trip part of the experience. So in essence, they're stripping the potential for a mystical and spiritual dimension from the psilocybin experience and giving soldiers the sensory enhancements that remain, such as better visual acuity, which is present in low doses of the psilocybin experience. There's also the potential for enhanced decisiveness and alertness and similar effects. Given the shortcomings and the dubious agenda of our military industrial complex as a good steward to humanity and the better angels of our nature, I'm very skeptical about the military's agenda in supporting their investment in this pseudo-psilocybin compound. What are some of your thoughts on this new undertaking on behalf of the US government and the military? I find it to be both intriguing, much like yourself, and also a little bit terrifying. Um, 
my I myself wouldn't feel comfortable doing a psilocybin trip facilitated by the VA. That would scare the shit out of me. I have horse. I was treated very poorly. I still am very treated very poorly by the VA in many ways. It's especially since the coronavirus. It's like impossible to get seen for anything that's you know ailing you. It's it's just it's it's really bad. And so I would be very skeptical of that. Um, and yes, you're absolutely 100% right. You know, <laughs> my girlfriend and I, we do like our comedy videos and things like that. And we actually have an idea for one coming up where we're gonna try to encapsulate what that would look like at the VA where you just like literally walk in the door, you take your mushrooms, you lay down, you start the trip. And then the next thing you know, they tell you to get the fuck out of here, the next guy's coming in. And so you're just sent out into the world like, okay, what, what is this? Is this an hour? What is this? Um, the need for control over these things is what America needs to let go of. Um, if we have all this money to send soldiers overseas to fight in foreign countries and, and to do things in the name of freedom and all this stuff that we say we do, we certainly have enough money to facilitate psychedelic journeys for a community that's being ravaged by suicide in the correct ways. Um, so research is obviously something America needs. Americans, my, my, me, myself, I can do my own research and I can learn on my own. Um, I'm very blessed to be able to do that. But I, you know, to be honest, a lot, a lot of people aren't in that sense. There's a lot of veterans in, who have been raised in um, southern states who went to serve and then they come back to their house in Rome, Georgia, and they're just drinking and drinking and drinking and they have no concept of psychedelics. And for those veterans, a lot of times coming from a doctor or a VA or even, you know, someone higher in command from them is going to be beneficial. So I do hope that that happens. But I cannot see a future where you are set to take a one hour journey and then given a drug that pulls you out of the psychedelic journey, which I know is something that they, they're working on. Um, I don't see that as beneficial. I see as the, hard, the hardships, even the purging, even the stomach issues. Um, anything about it that you're going through while taking psychedelics is part of it and beneficial in some way. I don't find many people who I talk to after they do a serious psychedelic journey who they say that this got hard, this was tough, I had a bad trip a little bit, or this was tough, but they always look back on it fondly because the lessons they learned are what it's all about. The integration of what these things were showing us and how we apply those things to our everyday life. So I would be very, um, I think that the VA and the government should invest more money and time into setting up veteran integration circles for people to come and talk about their psychedelic journeys rather than trying to be the ones facilitating the journeys themselves. That would be a good, good angle for it, I think. That's right on the money as far as the conversations that we've been having on this podcast regarding the changing legal framework around psilocybin and psychedelic medicines. There's been an explosive recognition of the legitimacy and the urgency of these medicines. And the domino effect is in full swing, with more and more counties and states and countries positioning themselves in support of legalized psilocybin therapy. Of course, this is a global movement and phenomenon. One of the aspects that's so important to the healing potential of psychedelic medicines is their integration in a community setting. Learning how to build and thrive in community how to integrate a psychedelic experience, how to make sense of it, how to apply the insights that you gain to the granularities of your life and to your relationships and your routines. 
So it was actually your page that introduced me to the concept of the hycrodose, which for anyone unfamiliar is essentially hiking on a microdose. Being out in nature, preferably with community, and experiencing plant medicines in that sort of container. As mentioned earlier, the veterans walk and talk healing protocol of exercise, cannabis, psychedelics, and community, well, hyperdosing is the perfect synthesis of all those values. If I'm a veteran who wants to come out for the first time to join you on a hyperdose, what can I expect? You can expect my full attention. You can expect the full attention of the peers and veterans around, around you. Um, we're very good at reading veterans and reading what the veteran needs at this point. Um, there is no forced consumption, obviously. You can come learn. You can come take the capsules home with you and just let them on, sit on a shelf and come hike a few times and learn and experience it for yourself. Um, but for instance, the last event I did two weeks ago, we had, I gave out 38 packs of microdose capsules that day, which is insane. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's 38 veterans who have, who, and they all participated that day. Nobody just took the capsules and went home. Everybody took one. I had zero, you know, there's, it's, I had veterans who are, this is their first time being out in a group since leaving the service. This is their first time talking to people about certain things. And a lot of ways that's not, it's the microdose is the kickstart, but it's the sweat and it's the breathing heavy and it's the letting of the guards down where you're not just standing there like this in a corner waiting to talk or waiting in a circle. You're kind of hiking, we're going up and down hills. There's dogs running around. And you're just kind of like letting your guard down. And next thing you know, your mouth is saying things that maybe you were holding on to for a very long time. So, but to, to more specific to what your question is, what a veteran can expect is um, love and acceptance in, on every level, um, universal uh, love and light and acceptance and service to others is what Veterans Walk and Talk is all about. My, my personal motto and the motto I try to impart on Veterans Walk and Talk and especially anybody who comes and hikes with us is we're gonna take care of you and you're gonna take care of yourself so that you can go out and take care of others because that's what it's all about. It's a cyclical Venn diagram of healing where I heal you, you heal me, we heal them, we heal us and it comes back to when I need healing as well. So that's, that's really what it's all about. It's community and connection, which is I find you know, it's important to keep, I say this all the time, and it's true, Maria Sabina, every, you know, all these prophets and people that have come before us, you are the medicine, you are capable of healing yourself. All we're going to do is show you the tools and give you the kickstarts to do so. Hell yeah. So I want to reference a first of its kind study that was announced in August 2020, which seeks to study the effects of psilocybin on treating PTSD in veterans, post-traumatic stress disorder. And as we discussed before, there's some disagreement within the psychedelic community about the level of oversight, government oversight and regulation that should accompany this thrust of psychedelics into the mainstream, alongside their recognition as legitimate healing compounds. Of course, I believe that however people can get the treatment they need, that's where my vote is. So if the mainstream and the establishment is able to expeditiously and effectively administer psychedelic healing to people who desperately need it, I'm very much in favor of that. I'm skeptical that the government needs to have their fingerprints all over the psychedelic revolution. So I wanna point out 
a call to action that I spotted on the Veterans Walk and Talk website, which says that if you are a mycologist who wants to participate in the Veterans Walk and Talk Compassion Program, get in touch. What is the Compassion Program and how can potential benefactors get involved and support the critical work that you're doing? Um, yeah, so, you know, obviously mushrooms are still in a gray area of legality in most counties and, and states. So I, I'm very careful about that right now, but it is something that is in great need. Um, I'm only able to grow uh, so many mushrooms uh, in my capabilities. So um, when I give out 38 packs of 10 microdose capsules, that's 380 capsules. That's a lot. It goes fast. That's just one event. So the need is there and I don't, I don't want to leave veterans hanging. Uh, I want them to know that every, you know, 20 days, which is what I try to shoot for, you can come back to a veterans walk and talk event and restock on the medicine that is working for you or give feedback on how it could be better or say it doesn't work for you, which hasn't happened yet. But so in order to meet that need, much like cannabis, um, the compassion behind that, which was started you know, and by Prop 215 in 1996, Brownie Mary and Dennis Perone, shout out. And um, the, the idea behind that is that people who need it will get it. And so that's what I'm trying to create is a mushroom compassion program where dedicated mycologists and mushroom cultivators who grow quality and clean products are able to donate and know that those donations will go directly to the hands of veterans I've established myself as being trustworthy in that sense through cannabis and through the mushroom work that I've done. So now I'm just trying to put a more call to action out to, um, to continue that service and make sure that I'm always meeting the needs of our ever growing group. Uh, we have you know, nearly uh, 300 you know, signed up members now. So that, you know, the, the need is great. And I wanna be able to always provide for them and never have to say, I can't help you this month or I can't help you this time. And the, the caveat to that also that I will throw in is that every person who donates is helping veterans. These veterans who are being helped go out and help others. That is our goal. We, our, hike is, our hikes are not open to just veterans. We, I do one-on-one -on -one psychedelic walk and talks with just veterans, but our hikes are open to all human beings who feel compelled to come walk with us. The reason being is that the world isn't made up of just veterans and I want to make sure veterans are accustomed to being around people who, you know, want to understand them and want to know them who aren't necessarily competing on the veteran aspect and things like that. But um, we will, you know, all these veterans who are healed by this compassion program will in turn go and serve the homeless, will in turn go and speak about these things on, on public platforms like city council meetings and uh, state uh, capitals and everything like that. So, you know, you donate to Veterans Walk and Talk through Mushroom Compassion, you're helping the cause in so many ways. You're not just helping to heal veterans and human beings, you're helping to further the studies and the, the knowledge and the, um, the compassion and the assistance that we can provide to our fellow human beings. So yes, please, if you're interested in getting involved, you can email me. In addition to the community support, the therapy, and the microdose capsules that you provide your members, Veterans Walk and Talk is involved in a number of different philanthropic efforts and community service initiatives. What are some of the ways that your organization is serving humanity above and beyond the hydrodosing experiences? Well, thank you for asking that. And um, 
I'll be perfectly honest with you in the last year since coronavirus, those aspects of, you know, serving the homeless and things have kind of taken a back seat because I have to be super careful. I have a newborn baby and children and things like that. So we try to provide financial support to people like a future superhero who goes out and bring and he dresses up like Spider-Man and stormtroopers and brings toys to homeless children and sick children. Um, Yuri is one of the most amazing men I've ever known. Um, Veterans Walk and Talk has been a proud uh, partner with Shirley Rains of Beauty to the Streets since she first started. We used to serve with her every single Saturday and she is still out there serving every single Saturday, um, giving food to thousands of homeless individuals and also providing wigs and cutting the hair and washing the hair of, of all the people that come through, um, giving them showers, all that stuff. And then um, through our, our partner Vitality, one of the main things we've been doing lately is we're, we're big into beach cleanups and trail cleanups and recycling uh, the, what we can, mostly cans and bot glass bottles, um, excuse me, cans and plastic bottles uh, to, um, to train veterans in security for cannabis, to work at dispensaries and to work in ancillary parts of security forces, non-lethal. So that's Fidelity Security Solutions and Vitality. It's the Kens for Vets program. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud to work with Mike, who is the founder of Vitality and uh, an amazing Marine and uh, veteran. And just last month, uh, for instance, Veterans Walk and Talk was given over $200 just from recycling cans over the months um, to, to further our mission. And then we have uh, in the Oakland area, we have Alexander De La Campa who runs a Future for Veterans, uh, which is a nonprofit that is focused on getting sustainable housing and uh, farming abilities and everything out to veterans. He's, he's bought homes, which he's providing to veterans uh, at little to no cost, subsidizing the rents. Um, that's another thing we're looking to do through Vitality and the Cancer Vets program is find communities that um, can donate all their recycling and then finding veteran homes in that area where the recycling came from to try to subsidize their rent for one month, two months, however long we can. Um, also, you know, we're trying to build uh, a veterans retreat center uh, with some amazing partners um, to provide psychedelic experiences in a safe and um, powerful environment. But again, it's important to note that the things that I do through Veterans Walk and Talk I have never put up, I, I have nonprofits that help us, um, fiscal sponsors, things like that. But Veterans Walk and Talk in and of itself is a private members club with no tax affiliation, nothing like that. Reason being, what I do is, you know, still not, I get, you know, still frowned upon because it, it's okay to neglect healthcare and it's okay to not give veterans good, you know, service and it's okay to give veterans all the pharmaceutical drugs in the world, but it's not okay to grow mushrooms and give those out. So that's the world we live in. But um, yeah, there's many ways, many ways. Our Veterans Walk and Talk Sacramento group um, does amazing work up there uh, in, in every aspect. Um, and we do plan on building an application for, you know, for smartphones to connect veterans across the country who can speak about psychedelics and also join up for meetups and hikes and things like that so that we can be on a national presence. I definitely see us being in every state by the end of the year. So you kind of hit on this as part of that last response, 
but Veterans Walk and Talk actually has multiple chapters across the United States. The original one in San Diego, of course, and then also one in Sacramento, the state capital, and one in Oklahoma. With the immense movement of psychedelic medicines and psilocybin into the mainstream and the extraordinary need for structured, plant medicine-centric communities for our combat veterans, I have to imagine that you're primed to open up more chapters across the country in order to serve more veterans. Are you interested in continuing to expand Veterans Walk and Talk across the country? Absolutely, 100,000 percent. The 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 thing I'm finding that to be the difficulty behind expansion is is I have my Oklahoma chapter is on hiatus right now until I can find a new leader. My Sacramento chapter is being led by an amazing woman named Robin who does absolutely amazing work, takes initiative, does the job, and. But that being said, a lot of what a lot of what I do lies on the abilities that I've gained over the last four years doing this hands on. I've traveled all over the country. I've hiked, you know, in Oklahoma. I've hiked in West Virginia and Maryland with veterans. I've traveled in 2019. I crossed the country eight times in my van with my dog, just hiking and bringing medicine to veterans where it's illegal. So. Um, that being said, what I'm, what I do plan on expansion, but I also do know that it's going to require a lot of hands-on from me personally to make sure that it, it's facilitated in a righteous and um, universal loving way. So that's something that I'm working on in the next year, trying to find funding for me to literally just tour the country, opening up chapters wherever I go, empowering leaders to do what I do and to do what we do through the Veterans Walk and Talk program. And I think building an app is something that's gonna help us to connect everybody in that sense. So that's something that we're working on. But yeah, absolutely, man. I get I get emails and DMs all day long. Uh, can I start one in Michigan? Can I start one in Chicago? Can I start one in New York? Can I start one in the Pacific Northwest? And I'm, I used to say, yeah, go ahead, do it. Take my, Take the idea, go run with it. And then people would just, use it to get donations and not, you know, so there's a lot of admin stuff that I still have to put together in that sense. And then also being that, again, what I'm doing here in Southern California, giving out free mushrooms is not something everybody can do. If you, if you put out the word that you're doing that in a rural place in the South or somewhere where, you know, these things aren't acceptable, you're going to have a huge spotlight on you. And the last thing I want is to compound issues with legal problems for any veterans who step up to lead. So there's a lot I'm working out. I have an amazing team. My girlfriend, Cookie, is a Navy veteran and um, has helped me more than I can possibly describe to expand and build the brand and build the mission out so that people know what we're doing. Um, Joanne Valbuena is another partner of ours. She runs Cannabis Synergy, an amazing Navy veteran and someone who's helping us take this to the next level. So I do have people in place to, to, to do that. It's just really about um, building the standard of procedure and, and implementing it in a way everyone can get behind and making sure that I'm not making anyone dig into their own pockets to do so. I just wanna reiterate how inspired I am that your organization exists and that you've created this outlet for veterans to receive the care and treatment that they need and that they deserve. I fully believe that we have a cultural moment right now in the wake of all of this insanity that's unfolding in the world. We have a cultural moment to collectively decide 
who we want to be as the human race and to undesign and redesign a lot of the systems that we're currently beholden to. The financial system, the food system, the healthcare system, so many more. I'm convinced that psilocybin and plant medicines play a huge role in that. So before we wrap up today, are there any other causes that you or Veterans Walk & Talk are involved in that you'd like to promote? Real advice right now is providing the microdose capsules for veterans and getting feedback on that. You know, if any, if there's any scientists like PhDs, doctors out there, which I, I have spoken to Dr. James Fadiman many times and done some webinars with him. And um, I, through the Clubhouse app, which is kind of cool, I've met some uh, PhDs in, you know, neuroscience and things like that who are interested in this work. So if you have any, anybody listening that is in that vein and wants to come and provide uh, that kind of expertise, I would very much welcome that. Um, but, you know, you're 100% right about, you know, these things are need to be accessible to everyone. I'll just leave it with by saying, you know, for me, like I, I did want to do it the VA way. I did try to heal myself that way. I tried to toe the line and everything like that. And I kept failing and I kept seeing my brothers and sisters and hu fellow humans failing not, and being failed by the system. And when you have 120,000 plus veteran suicides since 2001, and only a fraction of that KIAs in what's supposed to be combat, there's no waiting at that point. There's no, oh, well, we'll just wait for them to figure it out so we can have these clinics accessible. No, there's me growing mushrooms in my closet and giving them to veterans and taking the risk of them either healing, which is literally what happens almost every time, or I take the risk of them maybe not enjoying it and maybe getting worse, which hasn't happened. But again, that's a risk I'm willing to take because that's where we're at in this country. So I do hope that this starts to come to a sustainable and communal based healing where we're growing and providing in every possible way to heal one another and shepherd it into a new era of accessibility, education, and sustainability. Colin, this has been an absolute honor. I find so much inspiration and value in your story, and it's my privilege to share that story with our audience and to support the Veterans Walk and Talk community in some small way. There's so much ground to cover on this topic, we really just scratched the surface, but I feel personally empowered by the experience of hearing your story and learning about another pivotal role that mushrooms are serving in the world. This is a podcast about people solving problems with mushrooms, and you, Colin, are a bona fide mycopreneur, a person who's not waiting around for permission or recognition by the powers that be, and one who is instead taking action and solving problems and bootstrapping your community into a place of healing and personal empowerment. So thanks again so much for coming on the pod. We're gonna be following your journey and we thank you for your service. Let's check in every so often, man. I'm happy to do this often. And I answer every DM and email ever sent to me. So if you're a veteran in another part of the country or our program isn't available, I will talk to you and we can, you know, I'll be the support for you and I can connect you with other people and everything. So don't be shy. Thank you. There's so much to cover in the mushroom universe and so many mycopreneurs leveraging the infinite potential of fungi to create a more ecologically balanced, inclusive, and equitable world for all of us mischievous little monkeys. Completely stoked that you've chosen to spend some of your hard-earned time in our little corner of the mycoverse. Hop on the gram, say what's up, at Podcast. that's the handle, 
Don't get it twisted. We've got the full suite of social media up and running. Twitter, Michaelpreneur. Got the YouTubes dialed in, Michaelpreneur. Drop us a line. Tell your grandma and your kooky uncle. Tell your wife and your kids. If you're a Michaelpreneur yourself, you want to hop on the pod, by all means, Vilcomen, bienvenidos. Welcome. Don't be a stranger. Let us know your thoughts on this episode, and also let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. This is a team effort. Thanks for stopping by the Thanks for stopping by the Michaelpreneur Podcast. Have a lovely day. We'll see you back here next week.